Don't miss ACEC's next private market symposium on the commercial and residential real estate market taking place in Scottsdale, Arizona on March 3rd and 4th. Register today to meet leaders in business, land development, engineering, and construction to network and discuss the hot-button issues surrounding this growing market. What does the post-COVID office market look like? How will growth in the industrial distribution market meet the growing demand for e-commerce? How will demographics shape suburban growth? These questions and more will be covered at the event. Act now, space is limited. Go to acec.org to register. Welcome to Engineering Influence, a podcast from the American Council of Engineering Companies. Uh, Today, we want to talk about something that is very important, and it's something that is, I guess, considered to be the elephant in the room a lot when we talk about um, how do we promote engineering's essential value to society and the value that the work consulting engineers do to their communities and um, in front of legislators and regulatory agencies. And a lot of it comes down to how we talk about our own value and how we see our value and how that translates into the way we structure contracts or organize how we're going to go after business. And it's an interesting conversation to have and, and, and to have it I'm really excited to welcome uh, Derek Clyburn onto the program. And for those of you who have not met Derek, he is a very well-known uh, individual with ACEC, not only at National, but also at ACEC North Carolina. Um, he per, uh, Derek uh, currently serves as the president of ECS Southeast, which is a subsidiary of the ECS group of companies. He also serves on their board and has been with them for 25 years. And over the last 20 years, Derek's taken an active role in advocacy with ACEC, not only from the grassroots uh, level at uh, board membership, but also as a national director for ACEC North Carolina. And he's currently on the board of governors for the engineering companies of, of uh, for North Carolina, ECNC, which is a nonprofit advocacy organization formed by ACEC North Carolina and is an uh, 501c4 uh, and is designed to educate and advocate for the engineering industry at large. And he's uh, very active at uh, DPC, our Design Professionals Coalition, and participates in the Risk Management Committee for ACEC National. Uh, he did previously serve as president of ACEC North Carolina during their 50th anniversary year, 2019-2020, and as a national director from 2020 to 2021. Eric uh, earned his BSCE from Clemson University and an MBA from the University of Tennessee. And Derek, I, I do want to welcome you onto the program because this is this is uh, you know we had a you know kind of a short conversation on the phone one day and we kind of talked about this issue. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an important one. It's really an important one. So um, let's get it going. Welcome to the show. All right. Thanks a lot. Uh, it's a pleasure and honor to be here and to uh, talk about, um, to continue our conversation. Yeah. I mean, really, it's, it's, it's a question of, of what you were seeing. I think, you know, what you guys did in North Carolina was something. I mean, we talked about this when we were in Chicago a couple of years ago in person. And at the time, 
uh, North Carolina Department of Transportation had a, cra- had a cash crisis. And that stopped over 900 uh, transportation projects and 100% of preliminary engineering work. Um, and then COVID hit. So you, you know, you were at the front lines of seeing this issue with your DOT. And then, of course, the pressure with COVID and really putting some pressure on engineering firms in the state. And this question really came up to like, how, how, you know, how can engineering firms best advocate for their own interests in front of clients, especially when there are challenging times? And that's kind of where the conversation started. Kind of tell our audience a bit about, about how you guys navigated that, because that was a, the, when you actually did surmount that, that was a, a big win for the state. Yes. Um, thanks for that frame up, Jeff. Um, you know, we'll get to the to, to the obvious right here in just a second. But, you know, during that year um, that was you know really teed up to be a, a celebration of uh, ACEC North Carolina being committed to advocating um, for the industry um, and providing good business services, you know, which is the mission of ACEC uh, as a whole and in North Carolina. Um, it turned into, um, you know, more of let's stabilize our industry. Let's stabilize and mobilize our membership because, um, you know, at that time, um, we had just come off the heels of passing our indemnification duty to defend legislation literally um, in June of 2019 and then uh, June 3rd to be exact. So July one. Uh, we were getting teed up to have a, a wonderful celebra- celebratory year. And then two months later, we had the cash crisis, as you mentioned, and has been previously discussed at length, uh, made national news, et cetera. I mean, we, we lost, I mean, we lost thousands of engineering jobs in North Carolina. And during that time, um, you know, when you're, when you look at the value that engineering provides um, just to make a better world in general, um, that's something that engineers don't talk about enough. And during those times and the numerous meetings that we had at both the legislature and with the DOT, the one thing that was never talked about was the value that we bring. If anything, it was more focused on let's stabilize um, and get the construction uh, industry back moving. But we were always left behind. You know, as a profession, we're very humble in that way. But, you know, as part of the ACEC strategic plan, you know, with, you know, really focusing on elevating our presence and recognizing our contributions to the marketplace is something that, that I, you know, started really experiencing back then. And of course, um, you know, with the frame up of the, the recently passed act, and I, and I know that Aaron McLaughlin's group uh, had published some information via previous podcasts, you know, the, the new legislation is going to create over $132 billion in engineering design services, right? And over 82,000 jobs. So um, we, we are a, a central part of the marketplace. So in North Carolina, what we had to do to navigate was there was a lot of education, a lot of education of the legislature to pass emergency funding to stabilize our industry and to um, get some projects back moving. Yeah, it, you know, it's, it's that it all comes down to that fight against commoditization of engineering services and the idea that our public sector and even sometimes private sector clients 
you know, think of the services our firms provide as, as, as a product. And it's not. It's, it is a service that requires a lot of thought, a lot of consultation, imagination, and coming up against sometimes very complex challenges and meeting those challenges with very novel solutions. And you can't do that with a product that's homogenized. It's not. And it all comes down to value. And firms and the industry communicating that value at every level through the design process. Um, you and I were talking about some of the other you know, research that we did with the uh, Research Institute where, you know, we kind of looked at, okay, you know, we kind of broke it down and said, okay, five and a half cents of every construction dollar goes to engineering and design services. That's not a lot of money per dollar. And usually that's spent up front, but that five and a half cents is felt throughout the entire project life cycle. If you're not spending the right five and a half cents per dollar in the front end, you're going to have issues down the line. And for such a limited investment compared to other inputs, it has an outsized impact on whatever you're actually working on, whether it's a bridge or a building um, or what have you. And, and that value is something that we need to really talk a lot more about. Yeah, we actually do, Jeff. We, we need to talk about that value. You know, we, we are, it's a double-edged sword. You know, private sector, sometimes government sector, you know, does treat engineering services as a commodity. Except with most commodities, um, it's well documented. I mean, the AIA consensus forecast panel, you know, they're, they're, and the AIA architectural billing index, you know, it's well documented. Many, many publications have documented that construction commodity um, prices have grown by 50 to 100 percent in some instances. Um, and of course, you know, the rising wage pressure is the elf elephant in the room with inflation uh, coming the way it is. However, engineering services have not increased the fees. Uh, for engineering services have not increased anywhere near that. So that five and a half cents that you mentioned is is something that I feel very passionate about is that we as an industry need to, um, we as an industry need to increase our fees. We need to raise our fees. We need to be properly compensated as an industry for the value that we bring, for the risk that we take. You know, part of our advocacy and many other states have since followed with passing better identification due to defend legislation, which protects businesses, um, you know, for the risk that they take and sometimes uh, onerous contract conditions that can, frankly, you know, the typical size of an engineering firm in the U.S. is about 50 people. And without good contract mechanisms and appropriate uh, controls in place, firms can go out of business with one bad claim um, because uh, defense obligations is not insurable. It's just not as well known. So when you think about the value that we bring, the risk that we take, the critical part that the engineering community plays in the economic development community across multiple sectors, we are far, far undervalued. And it's time for the industry to take a stand um, because, you know, the research institute backed by Rockport Analytics, you know, they, they talk about the impact. We all know there's going to be a very, um, what I call transformational impact, um, with regards to economic output driven and designed by the engineering community as we power forward with the new investment job act. Um, 
we we really really need to take action yeah so i and you raise a really good point you know you talk about just overall inflation and honestly you're looking at you know consumer prices are on the rise the fastest since you know the the early 80s i mean that is also translating into all construction inputs materials you know of course labor and as those prices rise everybody's going to be looking at you know handling their margins and it's the same thing with engineers it's just we have to recognize that um as those costs rise we have to advocate for increased fees to cover that because it's not as though the value of the service that engineers provide is uh is static it's not it's yeah, it needs to meet the market and we have to be brave enough to be able to put a line in the sand and say, this is our inherent value. We're an essential part of the process of constructing and developing the built environment. Um, and we need to be able to be compensated for, you know, that value that we bring to the table. Um, when you talk to your member firms in North Carolina and your peers in the industry, you know, you did mention, you know, earlier that kind of that humble nature that engineers have. Do you think that's really the, 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 the main cause for the hesitancy to really put that value proposition forward? Or do you think there's something else? What do you think is, is the biggest log jam for us to talk about it? Because God knows other, other professions are not shy about talking about their value. And they do a very good job of, of, of setting prices based off of that value argument. Yes, I, I do think it's the humble nature of our, and frankly, I feel our industry needs to be bolder. We need to be bold and not um, as humble when it comes to um our attitude towards the value that we bring. Uh, I go back to the cash crisis and I go back to the many meetings that we had advocating for uh, not only uh, increased transportation funding, but really for our industry, for our jobs. Because once we lost those jobs in North Carolina, those are that's that's intellectual capital and capacity that will never come back. Already in a declining industry, it's, you know, the DPC commissioned a study and, and ASC and other industries have, it's well documented that the number of engineers being produced by the universities who are our upstream suppliers is at an all-time low. So when you look at that and you look at the notion that every industry across the market sector um, raises their rates commiserate with the change in economic conditions. However, our rates in general, our compensation has been stagnant. And just to give you an example, you know, part of part of our discussions in North Carolina and in a few other states in which we operate, you know, when projects specifically in North Carolina, when projects got tabled, Jeff, you know, a lot of our firms on both public and private projects were asked, hey, I need you to honor your rates from three years ago. And a lot of firms honored that request. Well, that's that just tells you where engineers rank in the in the process, whereas in the construction side of things, it's well documented. You know what? Prices are on the whole for X number of days, right? or months. So when you look at that, we have to have a paradigm shift in how we um, interact with the marketplace. I mean, raising wage pressure is is the number one concern um, 
with the firms that I've been talking to, my peer firms, um, you know, that's the biggest concern. And, and more importantly, it's the biggest threat for our industry because um, I go back to a, a DPC roundtable that I participated in a few few conferences ago, and we were talking about losing engineers to other industries, other tech industries, right? Um, you know, I'm not going to name them, but we all know um, that you know, there's other industries out there that have been uh, siphoning away our, our our talent. So not only do we need to get properly compensated for the value in the delivery and, and the critical role that we play um, from everything from helping new industries locate to a particular state through providing utilities um, design, um, you know, the rail design, infrastructure design, structure design, you know, we, we are so essential in bringing industries to markets all across the country to create jobs, which in turn allows the, the population as a whole to do better. Um, but we are only, you know, you know, the five and a half cents per dollar, I think is very generous in general, but in the private sector, you know, I'm not saying that we need to raise our raise, rates by a hundred percent. I'm just saying we need to raise our rates um, substantially as an industry so that we can continue to um, meet the demand that's being projected for our industry. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you look at um, the other fights beyond commoditization, but are kind of tied to it, like licensure. And we talk about uh, states like Arizona that are that are fairly libertarian in in, in their, um, I guess the, the the in the area of, of of licensing, and you know that's another fight not to be shy about is the fact that the the importance and the value of having a licensed engineer working on a civil works project or even a, a or a pri private market project is is critically important because of the nature of the work that's being done you know it's it's you're building a bridge you're you're expecting someone to uh, design that that has the experience, the knowledge, and, and, is, and is recognized for that and will design something that will be safe and last for an extremely long amount of time. Um, we're dealing with public safety. We're dealing with the way that people interact with the environment around them. Essentially, engineering is the linchpin that holds the entire modern world together. I mean, it's, it's, it's the challenge is always thinking about how do you adequately contextualize what the built environment is when you can just go out and say, walk outside of your house with your eyes closed, open them up, look around, exact everything that you see is the built environment and everything there was touched by an engineer. Um, it's some, sometimes so overwhelming that it's hard to really filter down and, and, and make it completely tangible. But arguing for our, for our value and for increasing our fees, even in an economic time of stress where we have inflation, it's critical to keep us to keep us competitive in the marketplace. You also mentioned recruitment and retention of talent. Um, in your mind, what do you think the industry should be doing better to prevent uh, students graduating or going through college to be lured away? or even young professionals lured away into startups or, or the tech industry and stay instead as a, as a consulting engineer? Well, that's a, that's a great question, Jeff. And, and just to, just to touch on 
a comment you just made about, you know, our role in helping health, self, safety, welfare of the public and the structures and designs that we um, deliver. Times are changing. We're also being challenged to design for more resilient structures, for more sustainable structures. So we're being challenged. The marketplace is challenging that. And I feel the stewards of our resources um, that we've risen to that occasion and that we um, not only design reliable structures, which is our duty, but we also have started to design more resilient structures. I mean, I operate here in, in North Carolina as my base, and we've had several catastrophic um, storms in which um, our infrastructure has been um, tested to the max. And we've responded by changing our uh, design methodology to rise to the occasion to deliver more resilient design. Um, so I just want to make sure that that that's, that gets said versus just assuming that people not acknowledge that because they don't understand and it hasn't been articulated. But you, you bring up a good point about what should we do to retain talent, um, you know, in our industry? How do we how do we recruit more talent for our industry? I mean, I was reading a recent article in the New York Times about a pilot program that the uh, Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, um, which is a branch of the Transportation Department, um, recently got passed. I mean, it's well documented again that there's a shortage in truck drivers. So they advocated, um, obviously with support with other industry groups such as American Trucking Association, um, you know, they're, they're facing an 80,000 driver shortage, uh, which can has a big effect on the supply chain. Well, you know, again, our research institute said there's be 82,000 new jobs created for our industry as a result of the um, new bill that was passed, infrastructure bill. So I feel that, you know, similar to that program that the uh, Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration deployed, basically it's a program where they're catching drivers uh, 18 years um, as a minimum. Um, basically, there was a constraint that was in place that, you know, heavy rig drivers could not cross state lines until they were at least 21 years old because of all the aforementioned safety concerns. So what did, they, what did their industry do? They lobbied to Congress to get a program in place that would um, provide more training, more development, more oversight so that they can address and attract and retain um, their capacity. So I feel that in, a, in addition to the legislative um, advocacy that we're doing um, with regards to, you know, we've had a lot of big wins, you know, hat tip to Steve Hall and his team, you know, obviously with the um, um, the wins that we had with, during tax reform, I think we need to start, you know, really pushing Congress to put in places um, appropriate programs for our industry that will help as a whole to attract more talent into the engineering consulting field. And of course it goes back to the money. You know, we need to, there's a cost to everything. There's a cost to innovation. There's a cost uh, to keep up with technology. There's a cost to meet the demand. I mean, the economy is going to continue to grow. I mean, Aaron uh, McLaughlin's economic um, updates that her team puts out, you know, there, I mean, this, it is a great opportunity um, right now for our industry. But in order to meet that demand, we got to have people and we got to keep people. And, you know, one of the things that um, is always a focus in Congress, of course, you know, that that promoting STEM as uh, a an attractive uh, area of study and trying to encourage more people to get into STEM related fields. 
you know, as as these legislative opportunities bubble up and present opportunities for both our advocacy advocacy team in, in Washington, but then also uh, across the country at the MO level, honestly, that's where our firms have to step up and use all the tools that they have, all their communications channels, that uh, their marketing, their their social media, um, anything they do to promote themselves to really accentuate that essential value to society equation. Because what we do notice, of course, is that especially younger students, you know, they're what they want to get out of their professional careers is different than, you know, my generation. They want to have social change. They want to make an impact. They want to have the feeling that they're contributing to something greater than themselves. There's no greater way to participate in that than by having a hand that directly contributes to improving your communities, which is exactly what engineers do, whether it's dealing with a change in climate through designing resilient structures, dealing with sustainability questions, big challenges that are facing us from a global level all the way down to breaking down barriers that allow communities to better integrate, providing mobility solutions to people who may not have them. It it runs the gamut to actually improving the world. And if you're engaged in these projects, that's a great way to demonstrate it and show that value to community and society and to, to, to quantify that and to talk about that, boast about that. Uh, how many jobs have been created because of this work project that you worked on? How is it serving your community? What are the actual tangible impacts at the local level that you can point to because of a design that your firm actually undertook and, and produced? That will help legislators kind of make their case and, and will give us a platform to talk about that. What are your thoughts about, you know, how, how firms should, should, uh, better communicate that out to, to their audiences. Yeah. With regard to that, you know, one thing that um, we found very successful because it was a big problem in North Carolina was we needed a better communication plan. Um, our industry, the engineering industry has a great message. Uh, we have a great message with regards to diversity, equity, inclusion, um, you know, our industry is made up by a very diverse group of individuals from geographic, different geographic regions, different types of educational backgrounds. And we felt that we need to do a better job of messaging that along with the impact that we make, Jeff. And because the impact, you know, and a lot of the you know future engineers that will be coming into our industry um, or potential um you know, future consulting engineers, they want to make an impact. And I think we need as an industry at the grassroots level and at a national level is to really talk about how the business of engineering makes, and it's a litany of them. I mean, a huge number of impacts that we make on the environment by our sustainable design on our reliability. You know, um, there was recently a, um, uh, private market symposium held in Charleston back in December, uh, and it was focused on focused really on intermodal in the ports. And one of the big things that I think that the, the legislatures, uh, Congress, the public don't really understand is how reliable 
roadway infrastructure, how reliable the ports are, how modernized, um, you know, connectivity from ports to inland ports via rail has such an impact on how commerce flows. And without that flowing of commerce, um, society as a whole, the marketplace as a whole won't be able to function. So when you talk about the essential value, the value that our professional services brings in, in making the world a better place, um, is something that I feel if we articulated that more and consistently and at multiple levels, um, that will be one way that we can not only get more um, what I call top of mind in the STEM space to get those people into the consulting engineering space. Because if you want to, if you want to, you know, have your voice heard, if you want your life's work to, to be meaningful, impactful, our industry is the place for it. Mm -hmm. No, you're absolutely right. Um, and there are some initiatives that we're undertaking in the new year. You mentioned our strategic plan um, that we are working on developing. One of those is looking ahead to our EEA awards in the spring and taking that on the road and pinpointing projects that have a lot of these benefits, whether it's uh, social or economic equities, or it's environmental, or dealing with um, significant improvements that, that, that uh, to, to a challenge post in the community, and, and going out and showcasing these projects. And I think we, what we can do is we can do that and then give the states the resources they need to do similar events at the state level to really hammer home that essential value proposition that we have. And then I, I will say it again. I mean, we want to showcase these examples and we can do it on the podcast right here. We can do it online. Uh, we could do it in, you know, adding it into the remarks that our CEO gives around the country. If you have an example of a project that you're very proud of or you think meets these uh, challenges, uh, it fits in with this essential value message, send them to us so we can showcase them. Uh, that's a critical thing. I think that if we can, you know, really, are, I always like to say that, you know, ACEC is strong because our state organizations are strong. You know, if we can spread this message out across the country, we're going to start whittling away against this idea of commoditization of, of, of seeing engineering as, as a product instead of a, a, you know, very, very focused professional service. Um, so really encourage all of our listeners out there, if you have a project, send it to us and we will put a spotlight on it. You know, Jeff, that is such a great, uh, initiative, um, for, uh, our, our listeners, our member firms at the grassroots level to have as a call to action, as a takeaway, uh, the EEA awards, uh, and featured projects are a great way to get our message out. Yeah. You know, we, we've got to we've got to take a stand against being and allowing ourselves as an industry to be treated as commodities, just as you mentioned. I mean, um, I, I think back to our 50th anniversary celebration that we had and the project that won our Grand Conceptive Year, Grand Conceptive Award um, at that time was a water project, a water mm -hmm. um, supply project in Western North Carolina. And that project was a decades long project that one of our member firms um, had worked on for years. And it was the largest water resource project um, in the eastern part of the U.S. And it basically, 
our industry helped a large community in Western North Carolina um, not lose their water supply. Yeah. And, and, and that's something that we should be proud of and Absolutely. not treat it as a commodity. Yeah. That's uh, so no I, small thing. <laughs> it's no small thing. It's, it's, it's a, it's an enormous thing and it's some enormous value that was delivered to those citizens. So I, I, I strongly encourage that we use what you just described, those programs to get our message out so that when we make the case, when we make the argument of, Hey, this is why our fees need to be more, this is five and a half cents per dollar. You know, that's, that's something they're going to pass. And, you know, you just, it's, it's, it's really about what you accept. Yeah. Yeah. It's a call to action to talk about your value. Really, it's what it comes down to. Don't be shy about it. Don't be bashful about it. The work that you guys are doing. Everyone out there uh, at all the firms is is significant because it all goes to improving quality of life. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a profession that is focused on making things better, uh, whether it's as small as solving a traffic issue at an intersection and, and, and creating efficiency to, as you said, restoring a water system for a community or mitigating against natural disaster or figuring out ways to have more sustainable and efficient energy storage and meeting these national challenges. Engineers play a vital role up front. And if not for their work, these projects would not happen. So don't be shy about talking about your value. Uh, Derek, I, I do appreciate your, your thoughts on this and, and our continuing conversation about it. Thank you for the opportunity to, uh, to come on with you and to get our message out. And, uh, and definitely would love the opportunity to come back mid-year and check in. And until then, I, I challenge all of our member firms out there, raise your rates, get properly compensated for your value that we bring. All right. And this has been Engineering Influence, a podcast from the American Council of Engineering Companies. We'll see you next time.